Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, good morning, hello. This is Nicole, and you are listening to You Ought to Know Podcast Radio. Um, I'm excited today because I'm going to be unveiling the, I guess, format, direction, course of the show. Uh, I'm here for 30 minutes tonight, every midnight on Saturday, Sunday morning, if you will. So, um, I didn't get the link up until just like 15 minutes ago, but you can always um, download the podcast at a later date to listen to it if you don't catch it live. So, I'm Nicole. If you're here, you probably already know my story. Um, I'm taking a different direction, and I'm excited to share that with you today. We're going to talk about wellness. What is wellness? In the... um, in the, the link to the show, I asked the question, are you well, what is wellness, what does it mean, and how does this have anything to do with autism, parenting, what have you. So I'm going to start off with explaining, well, kind of going a little bit of background before I go into the wellness aspect of it. Um, the whole point of what I'm doing here is trying to give ideas, support, uh, an action plan, help people who are in a similar situation to what I'm in. I have three children who are on the spectrum, I have five children total, and I spent many years trying to figure out why, um, how to deal with it, how to be successful, how to parent, and tried many different things with the children, and it didn't really it didn't really click for me until I started thinking about what the real problem is because it, I always talk about managing expectations for your children it, like that's that's how you kind of get ahead that's how you kind of make progress is you manage your own expectations and let them be who they are but one thing parents don't really pay attention to is their own wellness, their own well-being. Um, I don't say this in a vacuum. There are many studies that have been done that show that one of the big, one of the biggest issues that parents with special needs children with autistic children deal with is they don't take care of themselves. They're depressed. They're isolated. They are um, making less money not working, they're not paying attention to themselves, they're not socializing, they don't have friendships, um, all these essential things to life. What it comes down to is they're not practicing good wellness for themselves, and therefore they are not practicing good wellness for their, their children because you can't 
give something you don't have. So it's funny, you know, when you go into situations for your children to go and talk to therapists on their behalf, but a lot of the questions have to do with your own personal feelings and your own personal uh, stressors and, and issues. Because, I mean, just to give an example, if you as a parent are not getting any sleep at night because you're up, because your child's not getting any sleep at night, so you're late for work and you get reprimanded at work about that if you're continue to be late, you're going to lose your job, and then you come home, and now you're stressed out thinking about the idea that you might you lose your job, and therefore you can't support your children, and then you're up worrying about trying to get sleep, and then, you know, your kid is feeding off of that energy because you're not, you're, you're not healthy, you're not focused on what you, what, on them, and then therefore you can't focus on problem solving and it's it's a it's a vicious cycle. I mean, that's just one example of it. But we don't really think about it because you don't really have time to think about it. You don't really have you don't really have a desire to think about it. You're not really motivated to think about it. Uh, a lot of people, you know, give you some ideas of well, you know, take a bath, light some candles, you know, go out. These are not things that are high on your priority list particularly when you're you're a caregiver. But my intention is to come up with some solutions, real world, real life solutions that can help the average person who doesn't have time, who doesn't have maybe doesn't have a lot of money and who doesn't have a lot of maybe motivation to kind of see the importance of wellness, how it affects you, how it affects your child. So we'll start with definitions because this is the type of word, it's like spirituality or education or, you know, it's one of those words you hear a lot, but do you really know what it means? So let's go over what it means and then let's tie it together with why it's beneficial for you. So, okay, wellness, I'm getting this definition from a website called goodtherapy.org. So wellness is a measure measure of a person's mental and physical health and is commonly used by therapists, medical doctors, and alternative medicine practitioners to characterize a person's overall health and well-being. Wellness is often used interchangeably to denote good health or to rate a person's overall health. However, wellness has broader implications. While health generally refers only to a person's physical and sometimes psychological health, Wellness assessments take into account a number of factors that can affect health, such as stable relationships, exercise, nutrition, access to clean water, and the safety and security of a person's living situation. These factors sometimes predict long-term wellness because even if a particular issue has not yet affected a person's wellness, it can eventually. Wellness is an increasingly popular term in alternative medicine. Holistic practitioners argue that medical doctors generally only treat disease, while holistic medicine addresses the entirety of a person's lifestyle and attempts to uncover ways in which lifestyle relationships and environment contribute to medical issues. Mainstream medicine is increasingly incorporating elements of holistic medicine. Medical doctors, for example, might refer a patient to an acupuncturist or a chiropractor and frequently make recommendations about the ways in which lifestyle can improve overall health. 
So that is wellness in a nutshell. So the key things to pick out is that it's not just physical. It also involves mental, psychological health. It's not just about factors that tend to go along with physical health, like nutrition, but it also talks about stable relationships, access to clean water, safety and security. And there's a really good website out there that I use, I'm using to develop my program for wellness, particularly for uh, individuals who care, are caregivers for people with special needs. And it's, um, it's the government website. It's, it's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA. It is a very good resource. Don't let the name put you off if you're not dealing with substance abuse or mental health issues because they have they have many programs on here and a lot of information that has to deal with things such as wellness. So I'm using that as a, a resource to develop my own uh, wellness initiative for uh, people who are caregivers or parents of individuals with autism. But SAMHSA, I call it SAMHSA, it's probably not, they probably don't like that, but I call it SAMHSA because it looks, looks like SAMHSA. <laughs> but um, they have developed a wellness initiative, and it actually kicks off today, September 11th, Sunday, um, and it is um, National Wellness Week. Um, so they have all kinds of resources and interesting things um, going on this week um, that are supposed to highlight and spotlight wellness. So one of the things that they came up with, which is not their idea, but they're also using for their wellness initiative, is the eight dimensions of wellness. So from this point on, I will be referring to the eight dimensions of wellness, and I will be doing a show and giving out resources and ideas for each dimension of wellness. So I'm just going to go over them with you right now. So the eight dimensions of wellness are emotional wellness, environmental, financial, intellectual, occupational, physical, social, and spiritual. So these are all things that can, I guess, I guess you could say are all aspects of everybody's life to a certain degree. Um, well, not to a certain degree. That is that is your life. Emotional, environmental, financial, intellectual, occupational, physical, social, and spiritual. So um, what they what what they kind of say on the website is which I thought was interesting is that if remember that wellness is not the absence of illness or stress. You can still strive for wellness even if you are experiencing these challenges in your life. And one thing that I know, having children, so being a parent, and then also with the extra um, element of the disability, is that there is no shortage of stress or issues that happen in, in our lives. I mean, one day it seems like everything is good, then the next day, your daughter comes down with chicken pox. And then the next day, you find out your son can't do his ESY program because he's been exposed to chicken pox even though he doesn't have it. And then the next day, <laughs> I mean, this is just a series of what happened to my summer. But, you know, these are things that 
nobody's expecting any of that to happen. I mean, I kind of thought it might happen because when you know, three months, I mean, we got a notice that there was a chicken pox outbreak, and I'm like, oh no. But for the most part, you aren't expecting these things to happen in your life. You are, you are living your life, and these things happen. It's, it's life. We all expect things to happen, but it's how you deal with them. That's the key. So I have thought, like, in talking about, let's go into, went over the eight dimensions, let's go into what each one deals with. So we have, first up is emotional wellness. This is coping effectively with life and creating satisfying relationships. So as I was researching emotional, well, as I was researching the studies that have been done about parents with children on the autism spectrum, one of the things that stood out, well, let's say two things that stood out. First thing was, we're talking about creating satisfying relationships. Well, parents that are taking care of children with autism are known to be very isolated. So, already from the gate, we're looking at a situation where you can't create satisfying relationships if you don't know anybody, if you're not going out, if you don't have any friendships. Uh, the other element is that there's a high rate, even though some people say this is not necessarily true, but there's a high rate of divorce in families that have children on the autism spectrum. So here we have, again, we go back to that emotional wealth. So this is coping effectively with life and creating satisfying relationships. So that's an element of wellness. If it, you know, if you're not working on that, or if that's an area of challenge, okay. So we got that. We got that next one, right? The next element of wellness is environmental. This is good health by occupying pleasant, stimulating environments that support well-being. Whenever I read this, I always think back to the Porter's television show, where they walk into someone's house. And it's like head to toe filled with stuff. Some of, sometimes some of the worst stories were the ones where it's just trash. It's just plastic bags filled with more plastic bags and rotting food in the refrigerator. And, um, you know, bugs and mice crawling around on the floor. And it's, I mean, it's not funny, but it's like when you look at some, an environment like that, could you really expect? anybody to have any sort of positive mental and even physical health in that type of environment. I mean, that's an extreme, but if you think about it, I mean, if you come home and, you know, your house is a mess, let's even forget your house. Let's just say your room. You know, this that's a, that's a sacred space because that's where you go to sleep. That's where you probably do your reading. You know, or even if you don't have any beautiful spaces. If you can't go outside and you can't look at something beautiful, you know, or you maybe live in a, a city environment and you go outside and all you see is, you know, crime and and people who you know who are living living lives that you know drug addicts and prostitutes. I mean, these are all elements that contribute to your wellness. So that's environmental. The next one is financial. Financial is satisfaction with current and future 
financial situations. I, I'm sure everybody has an issue with their financial <laughs> You can never have enough money, right? What's the saying? You can never uh, you can never have enough money and enough enough beauty and enough money. I forget what the saying is. But the the issue is that if you are always living paycheck to paycheck or maybe you don't even have a paycheck. Maybe your paycheck comes from the government. Maybe uh, you're working a job that doesn't provide enough, but you're spending 40 hours there and you still can't pay your bills. Um, maybe it's difficult to even work. You know, it's financial satisfaction with current and future financial situations, not even adding on the element of planning for your future, uh, your financial future, your children's financial future. So now you not only do you have to worry about your own situation, you have to worry about what happens when you're gone and whether or not your child with autism or special needs is going to be able to, uh, is going to be able to uh, support themselves or is there some sort of plan or funding situation set up for them. So that's financial. The fourth dimension is intellectual. So intellectual is recognizing creative abilities and finding ways to expand knowledge and skills. So are are you growing your own ideas about life, going back to school, maybe uh, doing some sort of handiwork with your hands or crafting, maybe writing, I mean, anything that stimulates stimulates you intellectually. I I have a joke that I sometimes share with people that, you know, I'm used to talking to, well, two-year-olds or three-year-olds. And my language is kind of stunted because my, the, you know, the two people I probably talk to the most, um, they're under five. And trying to have go out and have an adult conversation sometimes can be a little difficult when the only thing you're, you know, watching or dealing with is, you know, La La Lucy and My Little Pony. Um, but that kind of shows the deficit that I'm not paying attention to my own intellectual stimulation, things that bring me joy or bring me um, or pique my interest, you know. So that's an element or a dimension of wellness. The next one is occupational. Kind of dealt with, dealt with, talked about this a little bit with the financial. Occupational is personal satisfaction and enrichment from one's work. I'm sure there's not a person on this planet who has worked a job that they hated. I've had several. (laughs) So there's something to be said when you have to get up or in the morning or at night and go someplace that you absolutely hate, where you not only you're just doing a job, maybe there's no way for you to contribute to the job in a meaningful way. So you're just you're you're just working. Now some people enjoy that kind of work. Some people enjoy just going, doing a function. But that's that's that element of wellness. I mean that if that's what you enjoy then so be it. But it's important that you have personal satisfaction in whatever way it is uh, that you can contribute. The sixth element is physical. Recognizing the need for physical physical activity, healthy foods and sleep. So here's the, the health aspect, and, uh, you know, I see my expanding middle, so 
you know, physical sometimes gets put on the back burner because there's so many other things you can put in its place of importance. But um, I have seen people who are totally incapacitated because of their physical ailments. And especially when you are responsible for somebody else's well-being, you almost can't let yourself get to that point where if you have to run down the street after a, a wandering child or something, or you have to be able to have that stamina to jump in front of the car if necessary, or, I mean, and not even, this is not even talking about so you can, this is also, this is about personal wellness, but, you know, that extends to your being able to physically handle your caregiving responsibility. If you're not sleeping, if you're not eating right, um, if you are not active enough, you can't you can't help anybody, at least of all yourself. So next one is social. Developing a sense of connection, belonging, and well-developed support systems. I used to wonder when I used to get this question when I when would sign up for services for my children, always got this question of what kind of support system do you have in place? Do you belong to a church? Um, is there any community organization? And uh, many times, well, my only support system is my family. And it's interesting because I think I talked about this a little bit last week. Being able to extend beyond your biological family and also have other people who are invested in your success or I was talking about in relationship to your child, but who are invested in your child's your child, uh, success as well, that is a key part of being part of the greater village. And you see here, it's also a dimension of wellness. You have to have social connections. No man is an island. You can't, you cannot live without interaction with other people. And I think sometimes the greatest gift anybody gives me is when they ask about or seem genuinely concerned about myself or my my family. I mean, sometimes just the idea that they were thinking about us is is a great gift because you get like. Like I said before, you get isolated. You're not paying. You know, you you don't you don't think anybody is thinking about you, and it's not even out of a sense of need, like you need something or you need help from anybody. But just the fact that you're on your mind is is a great gift. So we come to the last element, which is spiritual, expanding a sense of purpose and meaning in life. So this one's this one is kind of vague, but it's important. Because without a sense of purpose and without an idea of what your life means and what your role in this world is or in this universe, it makes it very hard to understand why you're even doing what you're doing. Um, for years, uh, I would say, not in, not with the initial diagnosis of my son, but I would say that as my two daughters also joined the autism spectrum, per se, um, I became very kind of uncomfortable with the idea of having three children on the autism spectrum. I tried to turn it around. That's part of the reason why I created the 
the radio show, you ought to know, because I wanted, I was, I was seeking connection with other people that were in similar situations because it seems like such a big thing. I mean, I had all kinds of ideas flying through my head, feeling genetically inferior, inferior, feeling punished, feeling all kinds of things. Um, and spiritually, I, I finally came to, a, I guess, a comfort zone with not looking at it so much from a personal perspective of something being done to me, but looking at it from a perspective of being a part of something bigger that I may not yet fully understand, which is okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I guess I have to be okay with it because that's, that's the way it is. But that spiritual dimension of wellness is important to kind of, I think, to have some sort of definitive viewpoint of how the world works and how you're going to look at the world. Because without it, I tell you, when the worst days that I've ever had are the days where I would, would have, I have gotten depressed over why this happened to me. Now, one might say, this is not something that happened to you. It's something that happened to your children, per se. And they have greater challenges to deal with than you will ever deal with. One might say that. And I would agree with them. But when you're in that space, you don't see that. When you're when you are uh, feeling down and low about the situation, there there's no way you can even be slapped in the face with that that concept. But I find, like I said, the worst days were days where I couldn't visualize a spiritual reason for why this happened. It just seemed cruel. It just seemed cruel that it even happened to my children, that they wouldn't get an opportunity to live certain lives. Now, I don't look at it that way. I, I and mean, it took a lot to kind of develop a viewpoint that explained it for my own personal good. You know, it took a while to get to that point, but I think it's something that every parent has to find their own way to deal with and look at. So... That's the eight dimensions of wellness. This is the guiding principle of the show. Everything that will be talked about will have to deal with some form of any of those dimensions and ways to improve that because I think if, if as a parent you can improve even a little bit of any of those one thing, then it makes the biggest difference. And I learned that through... Uh, that happening in my own life. Um, I can't say I'm a raging success right now. You know, everything, every every day is a, a step forward. But when things started to turn around for me was when I first was able to say, what do what do I want as a person? Like, what do I really want? What do I want for my children? What are the basics? You know safety, uh, friendship, um, to be doing something meaningful for their, with their lives, to be happy. I mean, really, that's, that's the biggest one. It's just happiness. You don't want them running around here sad. 
feeling miserable about themselves. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, because since I can't communicate with them, you know, a, I don't want to say in a meaningful way, so I don't mean it that way, but, you know, I don't have a definite answer as to whether or not all of my children are happy or not, even the, even the young ones, but especially the older ones with the communication difficulties, I don't know if they're happy. You know, but that's my goal is to try to create situations so that they are happy and then also to provide them. But going back to the show, that's what the show will deal with. So next week, we'll delve into emotional wellness. I have been researching and working hard on finding some really good practical applications to improve your emotional wellness. Um, you know, my... Uh, <laughs> So, like, I laugh to myself because I think about some of the first questions you get asked, like, when you go into a therapy situation or when people are charged with helping you. Um, they always ask about, oh, you know, do you get some free time? Do you get, do you, um, do you, you know, are you able to have respite? You know, all these wonderful ideas. Be like, great, yeah. You know, and, and I, it's funny because... Now that I'm in a situation, it's a shame that my marriage had to end for this to happen. <laughs> but now I'm in a situation where, you know, I do get some free time away from my children. And it does make all the difference in the world. And it's not that I don't love them or don't enjoy spending time with them, because I do. But I do need the time to be in my own head and to do other things that aren't revolving around their care, their education, and their personal wellness. And there was a time where that wasn't possible. And I had to take, like, a you know, mini escape. I mean, one of mine was, as I mentioned this in the first show, is like, you know, Netflix and just watch, zoning out and watching a show. You know, your smartphone makes it a lot easier for you to be able to do that and still not neglect your children, but, but you, sometimes you just have to escape into another world, and that was one way that I was able to do that without um, the situation that I'm in now. So, it is 12.29, show's only 30 minutes, because I figure that's a good amount of time to be able to talk about an issue and, and, and not bore you to death. So, um, so, I will be back next week. I'm telling you ahead of time, we're talking about emotional wellness and some tips and some resources for parents with children with autism or individuals with autism, caregivers with children with special needs, however you identify yourself, with how you can improve your emotional wellness. I have big plans coming up I've been, I've been working on um, that I'm not going to share just right away, but just know it all ties together. So I thank you for listening, whether you're listening live or you are downloading this at a later date. And I will see you next week at midnight. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.